the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. We recognise their enduring connection to this land, their culture and their ongoing contribution to these regions. We also recognise and pay respect to the Elders past, present and emerging of the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal nations. May we all continue to learn from and support their rich cultural heritage and work towards reconciliation and mutual respect with Australia's First Nations people. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Major needs my thesaurus, Matty. He was, he was going, what can I say outside of us? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I was ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was trying to figure something. <laughs> it was, that was a Taylor's one. It was like two cheeks with a crack down the middle. They come for the fantasy advice to stay for the ass. That's pretty yeah, much how exactly. it works, I think. Aussie? What's a step down from a pastry then? Can you give out a nugget? <laughs> <laughs> Man jocks out there kicking black cats, walking under ladders. NFL. We've opened up a couple of new stores in Miami. <laughs> yeah, move the entire fucking operation out there, man. Like, that's where we've got to start. Fantasy. Same Whoa, game there. Hooked up feeling. This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. One of yeah. us is being replaced by a robot. <laughs> Find out who. <laughs> Stay tuned. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show, the number one Aussie-made NFL fantasy show on this whole wide brown land and also abroad. Uh, I'm Matty C, joined today by Australia's leading fantasy analyst, Taylor Goodall. Good to have you back, brother. Well, happy Saturday. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Uh, absolutely pumped to get into week seven. Um, we obviously had the episode already where we talked about, you know, some surprises in fantasy and Manjot gave out his pastries, but... You know, looking forward to uh, moving forward and uh, getting the doctor in and, and then obviously later doing our starts of the week. Yeah, yeah. Sunday's going to be a big show. It's uh, just another table that I'm at the bottom of, but we'll, we'll recap that one tomorrow. Um, I'm also joined by the voice of Aussie Gridiron, who's very excited this week because of the big Olympic news. It's Manjot Melly. How are you, mate? I'm doing good. You know, still working on my goal, still working. Hopefully, can get into the Olympics, you know, pastry press in the Olympics. Uh, 2028 as a commentator, though, not as a player. Don't think I'm that athletic yet, but yeah. Um, you're young, you've got plenty of time. No worries. You've got Olympiads in front of you. You're right. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, that's going to be in the peak of my athletic prime to 2028. So, yeah. yeah. Is it leg day at your house all the time at the moment? Is that what's happening since this news came that's out? What I gotta, leg day? That's what I got to do. Yeah. Got to start training, you know. It's still five years away, so yeah, still got to start training. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I heard this thing that you've got to eat as many grams of protein as you weigh in pounds per day. Yeah. So get working on that too with your leg day, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, straight yeah, so from the Clay Matthews. I have to eat an elephant. <laughs> oh fuck! Can you imagine a buttered elephant? <laughs> An Elephant made of slate. When you first think about it, it doesn't seem so good. But the butter makes it, you know, all of a sudden I'm convinced I could probably give that a go. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a bit of a show on today, guys. We're going to get into the mailbag in just a gif, but we're going to have the doctor come through. Um, Since a couple of weeks ago when we started tabulating to how Manjot and I are going at tipping the over and the under based on where the doctor's putting his lines. I've got an update on that too, so I'm looking forward to bringing that one. Um, But I'm going to put out the call to bring in the mail. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? Would you rather have a small slice of a lovely cake? Who has the mail? Or would you rather a huge piece of a dog shit cake? Thanks to your questions at Pastry Press NFL. And Aussie NFL Fantasy. I guess this is kind of a shit cake, but it can be a decent cake too. Man, Jot, I understand you've got the first question from the mailbag this week. Mm, yeah. Enlighten us. Got, got a question from my man, Corey Warboys. He asked, would you trade AJ Brown for Aaron Jones and Drake London? He literally just offered me this trade as well. Uh, yeah, look. This so, one, no, it's AJ Brown I, out and Aaron Jones and Drake London in. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, He's getting so, rid of yeah. AJ Brown? No, I'm the one getting rid of AJ Brown. This so, one. he'd be bringing in AJ Brown and giving Drake London yeah. and... Aaron Jones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just to, to work out who's on which side of the equation here. I think that, that will matter. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm just been spending time. That's why last episode I was like, hmm, I'm just gonna, you know, research wide receivers. That's why I was researching because I'm like, hmm, where does AJ Brown, where does Stefan Diggs rank? Where do all these guys? He has Stefan Diggs, um, but he's not involved in the trade. So I'm trying to, mm. trying to like, you know, cook, um, sort of. The medicines. I'm trying to do that Walter White meme, you know, Walter White cooking up the meth right now. That's what I'm trying to do in this one. Uh, so I'm trying to cook. Man, not cooking up meth. That's what I got from no, this. No, no, is, uh, it's a fantasy the- meth brokerage. Yeah, I'm trying to cook up the perfect trade. Look, on face value, to be honest, I'd probably reject that one. I mean, my man Corey. I do understand. He loves to trade, all right? He's he's like the tailor of our league. He's the tailor <laughs> of this league. He trades every single day. I mean, he's dangerous sending, a tailor. He, he, he puts someone in the trade block like every day. He puts some, like today he puts Drake London and Josh Downs on the trade block. Like this guy, I don't know who he put in the it trade does block. does that like a tailor thing to do. Yeah, he, he wants. He just wants to trade like all the time. So like, I understand from that perspective. Um, Taylor put someone on the trade keep... block earlier this week in a league, and I went, "Dude, I don't think there's a market for that guy." And Taylor's like, no, yeah. fuck it. "I'm just putting guys up. Shut up." <laughs> so I, I don't think it was. I don't I, no, no, look on face value, boys. I I don't think it's a trade that I should be like smash accepting. So that's why I've been looking at counters. But I've been wondering what you got. What do you guys think of this one? I've got to kick it to the foremost leading analyst and trader on the whole island first. Taylor. I, I still feel like I know less than when I started. So who's on, like, who is, it, is he saying from his end he's getting AJ Brown or is he getting the yeah, other Yeah, he's getting AJ Brown from me. Yeah, I'm giving LA AJ Brown for Aaron Jones and Drake London. That's it. Okay. Well, if I am him, I'm accepting that. I'm taking AJ Brown. And it's not honestly that close for me because one, Drake London, yeah. I understand he had a good week last week, but I'm, I'm not trusting that Atlanta offense. I, I know that's had a couple of weeks where they've been behind they've actually had to start passing. Desmond Ritter has looked a bit better, has looked competent. He still threw three intercepts last week, but at the same yeah. time, you want to see him do that if you're London. I, I don't trust it enough. And honestly, Aaron Jones with that hamstring, don't trust that either. And I know James Robinson has you getting passed around like a blunt, uh, but they all of a sudden have signed him, which doesn't exactly give me a lot of confidence with what's going on of Aaron Jones because are they trying to get depth behind him and you know they're going to have to ride AJ Dillon for a little bit? I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit worried about um, Aaron Jones moving forward just because of his injury, and he's not exactly a spring chicken. And like I said, I, I'm not confident in – uh, that Atlanta offense and AJ Brown after we brought him up is should we panic about him after week two is now wide receiver three on the season. Yeah. So, I, so I, 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 I'm sorry. Like you can't pass up a guy that's, that's got that sort of upside for two guys that are very unknown and just, yeah, I don't know exactly what you're going to get out of week to week. So I would definitely stick with AJ Brown. It's 100% what I do. I, I am a big fan of being the guy who gives away the two pieces to get the one. Um, where where I've got a roster that's when you do that, I, I'm all about stars and scrubs. Go pick up the um, in in the spot that you gain from that too, because you're giving away two and getting one. You're gonna end up with a bench spot. Go and find the next best cool guy off waivers and hope that he has a half a decent week, and then you can parcel him off with the next great trade as well. So it's it, I mean these are all just pages out of the Taylor playbook too. Um, and before Taylor, it was pages out of the. The Brendan playbook in the Astro League, he would just do this to people as well. So it's it, it's a time honored tradition, and people who do it well win leagues. We're sitting across the bench yeah. here from a guy who's just won the hardest competition on our island two years in a row. We've also done that nice. man in time before you joined, but you know you, you get credit for it. It's just like forty nine. Hey. You get credit for That's it. And- oh come on, man! <laughs> yeah. Of course, the Jacks man got to mention like uh, a ninety nine five. Uh, a 1995 Super Bowl doesn't count. It's still Super Bowl, man. But I like how they know. haven't won a Super Bowl since the Jags entered. But yeah, it's the Jags who are shit, of course. So anyway, um, I mean, where's the Jags? Where's the Jags? We've, Super we've Bowl been the period? curse. We have hexed the 49ers. That's 100 percent it, and you can't show me otherwise. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put part two. So you but you guys both say not for me to accept this trade. I can't yeah. accept this trade. No. Um. But if I, I'm trying, I'm trying to tinker a little bit. What if, what if I gave him 
uh, AJ Brown, Damian Pierce, and Michael Thomas for Stefan Diggs and Aaron Jones. If I was to give, if I was to offer you guys this one, would you guys accept this? You go through the names again. Yeah, I, I would give you AJ Brown, Damian Pierce, and Michael Thomas in exchange. I get Stefan Diggs and Aaron Jones. Hmm. I'd rather Diggs and Jones, and that's what. Two hundred percent. Yeah, because, because and you had me Diggs outside of AJ Brown. I, I, I don't really see a lot of value in Pierce and Thomas at the moment. So, to me, they're almost like yeah. sunk assets. So, it yeah, almost maybe. feels like it's just Brown for Diggs and, and Aaron Jones. And even though I've talked about the worries about Jones's hamstring, it's still like for that situation of him just being sort of an extra piece on top of Diggs, then I do like him in that situation. So, I would take the Diggs and Jones uh, side of that for sure. Yeah. Well, if I did Pierce and Cooper in addition to – AJ Brown. Would that make it any closer? So I'm trying to think like a Mari Cooper. Yeah, Mari Cooper. Yeah. I do. I still think Mari Cooper is a little bit going under the radar for people at the moment. Like it is, there is a lot of yeah. unknown, obviously, with his quarterback situation, which makes it tough. But the fact he was able to still have over 100 yards in that shithouse game against the Niners with a backup quarterback actually gave me a lot of confidence in him moving forward. I think I would say. Oh, it gave me none. He, he got 60 yards of it on one catch and run. I'm just like, yeah. well, that'll never happen again. Sorry, just won't. I'd still, I'd still lean the Diggs Jones side on that. But I'd, yeah. I mean, again, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, probably a little bit higher on Cooper than a lot of people still are, so that would uh, that would be the only thing that I would wouldn't mind. But yeah, I'd still take the Diggs and uh, Jones side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if I what if I switch Diggs with Cooper Cup? <laughs> I think I think I then you'd slip instead of Diggs, I'd put Cooper Cup and like get Cooper Cup instead. You'd definitely take oh. the Brown side in that trade. No, I don't. No. I don't think there's a difference between Cup and Diggs, honestly. No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, no, I agree with Taylor. Sorry. Yeah. I think. I love Cooper this, Cup. Oh, my God. Some, some yeah. interesting decisions. I yeah. Look, I, I love London. I love I love Jones, but they're not enough to get AJ Brown. So hmm, I'm thinking of saying my yeah, counters. I so I think potentially, oh, here's what I'm, I'm kind of just tinkering a little bit. I'm like. <laughs> I feel like I'll, we're just in the middle of like. Helping man shot pull off a train. Yeah, that Pretty is well. exactly. But what if someone is in the exact same situation as me, though? Like, what if they actually want like trade exactly. advice? Like, like, what if they actually are in a situation? I'm just okay. Helping the niche, the niche viewers out there. Yeah, yeah, we're on a new it's podcast. It's Man Jot's Money Makers podcast, right here. Yeah, that's, that's it. I'm just gonna. I, I'm gonna send this. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this one up there. So. I'll send AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, Damian <laughs> Pierce, and then I'll receive Aaron Jones and Cooper Cup. I think oh, this one this one seems a little bit interesting because there's still a bit of a risk of Cooper Cup and the injuries, but there's still a risk of AJ Brown what's going on with his situation. Aaron Jones, of course, having injuries himself. Yeah, there's a risk there. So I- I'm honestly, yeah, I'm honestly I thinking, mean- you know, it's I'm not still on the cup on. side, and I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not necessarily yeah. even that compelled by the other side. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I can't Tough. really trade my other like good running back, which is obviously CMC. So, yeah, CMC. I can, I can but it won't be for my best like, interest. Pragmatically, oh. but you want to be getting a ransom, and it's tough to ask for that because <laughs> yeah, he broke. He broke. Yeah. Honestly, I'm yeah, so I'm not gonna send this one right now, but I'm gonna send this like very soon. But his entire team's on the trade block. Like there's at least three or four guys in this league who put their entire teams on the trade block. So it's a real crazy league in terms of trades. But you know, thank you boys. It's a league time. full sorry. of tailors right there. <laughs> sorry, sorry to our listeners, sorry to Dr. Goodcall. Fun you know, me. I just had to had had to bust in there, you know. Um pause, pause, pause. Had to bust in there. Um Pause. Uh, while I was um, wanting to make trades in a league that's very trade happy, so yeah, I like that. I like a trade happy league. Yeah. Mate, I've got a question in the mailbag from Tent Peg Trent at Tent Peg Trent, and he just wants to know how many more weeks you think you could start Zach Moss for. Oh, I I reckon not more than one to two weeks. 
just based on a bit of a drop-off, I think we've seen he's losing some touches here and there ever since JT came back. So that's why I think, you know, there's still a bit of a drop-off. So I'd be worried about that if I was him. Okay. Okay, Ty, you got any thoughts there? I mean, they also come up against Cleveland this week, which I don't think is necessarily the best matchup. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'd be trying everything to not play him this week, honestly. Yeah. I'm not saying you, I'd drop him, but uh, if you've got a, like any other sort of de- half-decent options, I'd be not starting him this week. In terms of how long he's like an actual starting option, yeah, and probably with me and Joe, I'd say it's probably a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I would be trying to stop to, to play a lot of different guys this week than him up against that Cleveland defense. You know what I think Peg Trent needs here is to trade this fucker now (laughs) while there's still a week or two that you might be able to get something out of him. Um, Because you've seen now a week or two where JT's back and it hasn't really done too much to dent Zach Moss, but you know it's coming, right? So just get him out. I traded him for Brian Robinson two weeks ago. Oh, I would take Brian Robinson for him too. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Even though he had a good game the week after against the Titans, uh, I was still happy with the trade to get anything because honestly... Oh, but give me nine points forever instead of just whatever Zach Moss throws up the next two weeks and never again. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather nine points forever. He's going to be unstartable eventually, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we helped 10 peg Trent there. Uh, 10 peg Trent. That, that is tough. That is like Peter Piper picked a pick of pickled peppers right there. That's she sells seashells oh. on the seashore. Oof. Cleveland, um, just by the way, Cleveland are literally number one against fantasy running backs. So hey. just take that for what you will. 100%. 100%. And it's kind of funny because I think Tennessee would still be up there if Zach Boss had just completely yeah. ripped of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> they're like a mid against running back now. I think that's the Zach Moss effect. That's all that is. You take the Zach Moss game out, they're like number three. <laughs> anyway. Insane. All right. I think we'll, we'll come back to the mailbag again tomorrow before we get into the starts of the week. It's time to bring on the doctor, the evil yeah. doctor. Everyone hanging around for that? Yeah, yes, guys. Sir. Oh, what's that? Jeez, guys. Sorry. A comet just hit Fig Tree. I can't believe it. A comet. And for some reason, it didn't destruct any other cities than Fig Tree. <laughs> wow. For folks who don't live in Australia too, Fig Tree is an actual place. So yeah, he's not making this is. up. I didn't I didn't make I didn't make either of these things up, Matty C, but you know, I definitely didn't make up the town. <laughs> certainly, certainly. If the things that were not made up in this, the town is hundred percent not, not it. Yeah. A comet just hit and I'm still okay apparently and You're okay. took out it only took out one small area, but I, I obviously have to go. But I'll, I'll be o- I'll be okay for tomorrow, <laughs> mate. Let me know uh, if you're going to struggle tomorrow. I'll make you tips on starts of the week. Okay, so that will give you some urgency to come back. <laughs> that will give me a lot of urgency. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. I'll bring in the doctor. In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary, there's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Goodcall. It is a, a fantastic segment. This We do this every Saturday. We bring on the doctor. And, mate, it has been an, a tough run of results lately. But this week... This week, things are looking up, Doctor. Yeah, I was pretty happy, to be honest, Matty, with the uh, results this week. Obviously, set the line of the 60% uh, starting percentage, and I really went after some guys that were a lot lower than that. Like, I was going after guys that were basically 20% and less. So, to get the the results I got, I was actually really, really happy. You went really, really hard on some obscure starts, and, I mean, they don't all come up, and that's kind of part of it, right? Because not only are you trying to choose the player who's useful, but you're also trying to install a number of where you think expectation could land. And I think that that kind of makes it a bit harder as well. You're trying to do both, and it's difficult to pull both of those things off. And that's where kind of Manjot and I then get this wonderful inside land of being like, hmm, we only have to get one right. Like, you've already picked the player, now we just <laughs> got to decide if they're up or down. Um, so I don't envy your position at all. Do you want to get a run through on last week? Yeah, I... Uh- I, I want the staff infection up against the Cardinals, and he was only 28% started. Uh, I really liked him. The Cardinals are 29th against quarterbacks coming in. Uh, it, it wasn't 
the sort of high-flying, you know, huge passing yards sort of game for Matt Stafford that I was after. Uh, obviously, Cooper, Cooper Cup did a lot for him. That's probably one of the main reasons I'm, I like Stafford at the moment is I just feel like his touchdowns should go up by having his biggest target monster in the red zone there. In the end, it was just a game where they just couldn't get a lot going in the first half. It was all cup. I think he had 102 yards, I think it was, receiving, and basically no one else had anything. And they only had, I think they were down, what, 6-3 or 9-3 or something at half time. And then all of a sudden, everything sort of got going in the second half. But a lot of it was actually Kyron Williams. Uh, they, I think they had basically a drive after half time where he had basically the entire drive. So it was just a funny old game where they sort of put two good drives together in the second half and it put them 17 points in front. And they kind of didn't have to do anything after that. So he was around 13 points. So it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't a horrendous call. Um, you know, I gave it a 16 and a half line, so I wasn't far off, but yeah. it just wasn't the high flying game for Stafford that I was hoping for. But in terms of like real life, he actually played fine. But yeah, for fantasy, just wasn't a huge day. Yeah, that's the funny yeah. thing, isn't it? They go out and score 27 points or whatever it was. And it's just uh, like, where are Stafford's points? But if you took away the points that he scored that weren't the 150 yards and the touchdown to Cooper Cup, he scores like three fantasy points, which, exactly. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It was just so, Cooper Cup or bust. Yeah, it was Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Cup will hand off the Kyron. Um, so, yeah, a little tough at the uh, the quarterback. Uh, I'll come back and once we go through them all, we'll give the over and under where Manjot and I landed on them. But um, you're running back. We we loved a bit of this guy going in last week. Yeah, I was I was really really happy with this call. To be honest, he was ten percent started uh, when I when I picked him, and a huge part of of picking Tuba Hubbard up against the Dolphins was I really didn't like where Miles Sanders was heading. It, it felt like he was he, he was carrying an injury. Uh, he definitely had tweaked his groin, and he had a lot of issues with that in the preseason. Then all of a sudden, it came out it wasn't even that that he was worried about. I think it was his shoulder that actually kept him out in the game. So we got oh, word a couple of, couple of days later that uh, Miles Sanders was actually out. So it obviously opened up even more opportunity for Hubbard. But I was pretty keen on him anyway, even if Miles Sanders went. Uh, but it obviously freed up even more rush attempts for him. And and funnily enough, they actually led 14-0 right at the start of the game, and Hubbard actually had one touchdown. So that was a really, really good start for him. Basically put him over what, what our line was straight away. So 80-odd um, yards and a touchdown and a couple of receptions. Like, easy, easy win for, for the running back position and what we had the line set at. So, yeah, I was really, really happy to pick a guy 10% started and have him score around 16 points. Um, I may have been most of the 10% starts because I own Tuba in something like <laughs> nine out of my 13 leagues. And a lot of them are dynasty because yep. he was cheap as shit. And um, man, I have used him a lot in situations where like last year, they got rid of McCaffrey. The year before that, McCaffrey was mostly dead. The year before that, McCaffrey was mostly dead. And that's pretty much been Tuba Hubbard's career. Yeah, he might be my most owned player. And he has, yeah. for what he cost me, been sensational he might be the best player i've ever drafted in fantasy football for dynasty so i have a lot of admiration for tuba hubbard and i actually may be by the time he retires i may have myself a hubbard panthers jersey because i feel like uh, i probably deserve to you know throw a little bit of money towards his name image and likeness <laughs> yeah i think uh taylor's people's dynasty team uh draft like did the uh, start our draft and got him because he drafted CMC and then basically just took Hubbard later in the draft as the uh, handcuff for CMC. Then obviously CMC's gone to the Niners and then you've just been left with Hubbard sort of still backing up Miles Sanders, but all of a sudden he's, he's actually looking like he's springing some value now at the right time. All right, well, wide receiver, I took on an 11% starter and he was someone that I... <laughs> I sort of brought up uh, a fair bit and just had some stats around uh, how he goes with Gardner Minshew. And a lot of it came true, to be honest. He, it wasn't an enormous game in terms of yardage. Uh, the fact he was only, what is a five for 25 or something like that in the end. But he he had a touchdown. So that was a huge part of the, um, obviously, his week. Put him over 10 points. So I was able to obviously get the win in terms of the threshold we had for uh, the wide receiver position. But yeah, I just think... With Gardner Minshew, he threw for over 300 yards. I think he's going to get a lot of targets in this um, offense. And just moving forward, I think that Minshew's going to have a lot of games like this where he probably has a couple of turnovers. They might fall behind. And 
he's going to have to throw a lot. And and down seems to be a bit of a safety blanket for him. He doesn't get down the field a lot. He's He almost plays like a tight end in a way. He's very, very sh- short intermediate routes. But honestly, in a PPR league specifically, I think he's going to PPR his way to a lot of good performances. I don't think he's going to have huge ceiling. But a guy that can get you in between 10 and 15 points is really valuable, especially in your flex. 100%. He's like, he's like Randall Cobb, right? Like He's not getting your 50-yard reception. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to score a touchdown on a bubble screen. That's what he's going to do. Exactly. Um, and when he did that, I'm like, this is Randall Cobb. I've seen this guy before. <laughs> no, nah, absolutely. I was, I was really happy with it. And just moving Stoked. forward, I think, it, I think it's going to keep happening, honestly, for him. I think he's just going to get a lot of targets. There will be games like this where it's sort of like four or five for 20-odd and you're only getting seven points. But honestly, from a guy like this, I think he'd be fine with it. And um, he might not be a guy you have to start every single week, but I think he's he kind of he's like a safety blanket option for you if you really, really need a starter. Mate, with four teams on a bye and the uh, just the amount of injuries in the last week too, I think he could do worse. Yep, absolutely. Especially with a lot of guys really disappointing in fantasy yep. this year. Um, to get a guy around that ten points each week is a, you know it's just a, just a pump into your flex or your wide receiver two position. I think you could do a lot worse. You know who's not scoring at ten points? Jerry fucking Judy. So, you know, like, <laughs> give me this guy. If I could trade Jerry Judy for this guy, I'd do it. <laughs> a little bit less draft capital, too. Uh, Manjot, organize that trade for your team. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get that done. I'll get that done. Yeah, okay, well. yeah, just just tell your GM to do that. Okay, done. Solved. <laughs> um, Matty C, guess who? Guess what we have up next? It's the return gonna- of the dickhole, baby. The return of the dickhole. Hey. <laughs> I was going to tee that up for you, but you don't need uh, to tee. You're happy to hit it straight off the fairway, mate. You yeah, don't mind. Happy Gilmore the <laughs> fuck out of that thing. <laughs> well, I know a bit about this too, Doctor, because uh, he might have featured pretty heavily in my start of the week team. And as I listened to that back after knowing what happened to Logan Thomas, and I went back to listen to the starts of the week episode again, and you should have heard how gloaty I was that I was taking the Doctor's call <laughs> because I know Taylor <laughs> likes to lean on the Doctor's calls. And uh, it didn't yep. work out very well for old Matty C. And I think the gloating really very distasteful. <laughs> it was a funny game, wasn't it? Because you would assume with how playing quite well and having three touchdowns that it would actually be a good game for Thomas. But what I'm kind of wondering is that Thomas might be a bit of a safety blanket for how when they're losing. Like when they're on, when they're in sort of catch up comeback mode, and that's what happened the week before against the Bears. He was so utilized because they were coming from behind, and the Bears basically just like you know took a step back with their defense and probably just yeah. let the intermediate routes happen because they, oh, were like, they protected well, the sideline as well. So the middle was open. By, we're in front by so much. We don't really mm. care if they're going to get ten to fifteen yard plays, and that's what sort of happened that week. And then all of a sudden they came out against Atlanta and were smashing them early. So I, I just think in the end, Thomas just wasn't really needed in this game. So it might be a predictive thing that if you think commanders are going to be behind, maybe that's the time that you play Thomas. I know generally that's probably better for pass catching anyway. But uh, yeah, this was just one game that just, yeah, he just wasn't needed at all. One what, one catch for two yards, that that is very Dick Holio. Yeah, yeah. Very Dick I mean, Holio. <laughs> He definitely lives up to the nickname. I uh, remember last week we also quizzed Banjot if you knew who, uh, what Logan Thomas's nickname was, and um, didn't know it. But once we said it, he's like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> like it was from That's the Super why. Fan Day." This is what remember. he does. As soon as as soon as you have any faith in him, this is what happens. This is how he earned the nickname, Banjot. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, just. All on display this week in week six. So uh, thank you, Logan Thomas, for um, screwing the doctor. And champion of the people, Matty C. So thank you for managing that combo uh, all just in one afternoon. So, Mate, at 1.2 points, not what you're looking for. Fuck tight end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much the classic moves. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. just quickly run down this. Uh, Manjot and I were diametrically opposed on every single line last <laughs> week. So, which was amazing because yeah. we didn't plan that. It just kind of happened. And it's like, Nah, you're just fucking wrong. Every time one of us said one, the other's like, you're just fucking wrong. So it turns out Manjot gets the under on Matt Stafford, and I don't. I got the over on Tuba Hubbard, but then Manjot got the over on Josh Downs and the under on Logan Thomas. So he picks up three points from last week and it puts him in front in our head-to-head 13 to 12. Yeah, not bad. 
Uh, and of course, Doctor, you've got two ticks there. But you also had a fantasy fade last week we need to talk about, mate. Yeah, so um, I, was able, I was able to get this one uh, home again as well. So I took Rashad White up against Detroit. And uh, I know a lot of people probably would have thought he might have just been out of volume his way there. But this Detroit yeah. team is just so bad to run against. And they just showed it again. He just couldn't get anything done on the ground. I think Detroit's number two against the running back position in fantasy. Uh, they're a bit of a pass funnel. Uh, but even in this game, like Baker couldn't get anything done. They kept them to six points. Uh, Rashad White ended up 6.8 fantasy points. So yeah. uh, as a fantasy fade, uh, definitely got to give that a tick. I'm sad. And I mean, isn't it funny at the start of the year, I was getting a bunch of shit for drafting the uh, the Lions defense in mock drafts, but they're actually legit now. <laughs> um, and I mean, I was only drafting them because I had golf and I'm like, yeah, let's stack that bitch up. And I was kind of making a joke about it. Uh, but man, they're actually legit, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? The things that actually come true in fantasy world. And I think golf's an underrated, under the radar, like you know, surprise in terms of how well he's gone in fantasy, especially because his defense has actually been pretty good. Like a huge yeah. part of his success last year, obviously we know the home road splits, but his defense being a bucket of ass just just helped him actually, you know, need to keep up in games. But he's having games this year where he's actually getting it done more by efficiency. You know, there's been some games where he's only thrown for 180-odd yards but had three touchdowns. So he's actually, you know, getting a lot more of the touchdowns than he probably was last year. And that's actually, like, you know, making up for the fact that he might be only throwing for 180 to 200 yards instead of 300 like he was last year. So he's actually been really, really efficient with it. But you're right, like, the the, the – Detroit defense has taken a big leap from last year. Hasn't it? Just so funny. Just so funny. You never would have believed it. That, uh, and it, we were only laughing about it six weeks ago. So shows you how long six weeks can be. Like just how many things can happen in, in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. In fantasy. Six weeks is a long time in football. It is, my God. Sometimes a quarter of a game is a long time in football. So six weeks, yeah, an eternity. Doctor, it is the seventh week of the season. This means that we, by the conclusion this week, are halfway through the fantasy regular season, which to me is terrifying that it's happened that quickly. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. That week where there's about 100 upsets, Maddie's just going to clean up. Yeah, you guys all go three and fucking 13, and old Matty C over here will be like a rat with a gold tooth, yep. living the best life. Yeah, he'll be like a seven and nine, and he'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> we need some help with week seven. Are you ready to go through your starts for your good medicine? I am Matty C, and and quarterbacks quarterbacks an interesting one because I actually think if we looked through, it's probably the one I've struggled with the most. I haven't really had any bad picks, but it's it, getting to that sort of around the sixteen threshold has actually been kind of tough. You know, a lot of quarterback scoring in fantasy in general has just been awful this year. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have just been only having like say one touchdown and 200 yards and really for fantasy that's only getting you, you know, in a standard scoring league getting you about 12 points and yeah, six point off. touchdown leagues getting 14. It's just been a really, really tough slog out there um, for a lot of quarterbacks, you know, like <laughs> you basically have the 202, the Purdy line, you're probably in the top five in quarterback this year. So Getting to sort of those lines has been really, really hard. So I won't be too hard on myself, but I'm going to try, obviously, my best to sort of turn this around at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to take on the same matchup that I actually took last week because I really do think that this defense is very exploitable. It just sort of didn't work out for Matt Stafford last week, but I'm going to take Geno Smith up against the Cardinals. Uh, who are 28 still against quarterback in uh, fantasy. Uh, He's only 26%. Uh, started right now on sleeper, oh, wow. so definitely sort of fits the criteria here. It's been a again, it's been a really really down year for Geno, but when you actually compare him to like some of the other quarterbacks out there, he isn't really being that bad. He he is around the quarterback twenty spot, so you know definitely not what you wanted at the start of the year, but it's not going to take a lot for him to sort of turn it around and get closer to where he was being drafted or even higher. I just yeah. think he has an opportunity here. Uh, honestly, I th- I think we're starting to get a little bit more JSN. Uh, I- I'm, you know, I think he had about eight point eight fantasy last week, which you know it's starting to sort of 
look good for him. So I'm really interested to see if he's got three big-time receivers, uh, you know, at his disposal. I think he could do some damage this week back home. So I'm really looking forward to see what Gino can do. And I just think he could sling the ball around really, really easy this week. Um, and, yeah, I just think this Arizona team is very, very beatable. So, yeah, well, honestly, I'm hoping that uh, Arizona's offense can actually do a little bit more than they did against the Rams to keep up. So that would actually make Gino even more viable this week. But even if it's not, I could see Gino dominating the first half and having three touchdowns, and that's all I'm really going to need. Yeah. 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 What's been funny about this offense is how few passing touchdowns there's been. That's been the funny bit yeah. for me. For uh, sure. And I just don't think that's sustainable. I think there's got to be a time where they finally throw one in there. It's like, yep. you remember that there was that season where um, just every time they got so close and you you were just desperate for the receivers to, to score points, they just run it in. Just run it in yep. every single time. Um, and then the next season, you were like pretty desperate for them to run it in. And it was just, oh, Russ is just going to chuck it from the one. He'll chuck it from the 40. It doesn't matter. He's going to chuck it from everywhere. <laughs> that and was the Seahawks hilarious. have just been the bane of your existence for season upon season. Oh, um, can't get it right. Or it's Myers fucking, um, when I have him, he can't kick, he never kicks a field goal. Kick and, and, then if I, and then if I drop him, he fucking kicks me up 50. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the Seahawks have been out there to taunt you. They are <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely like the apocalypse for you in terms of fantasy calls. So it's it's always bold when you go down that uh, that rabbit hole. Because, but I'm intensely aware of it. I think about it every single time we bring up anything to do with Seahawks. I'm just like, this is just absolutely like the the fifteen cube aside Rubik's cube for Taylor is the Seahawks in fantasy. <laughs> I can I just say too, like not so much fantasy related, but I do think the Seahawks team is looking the goods. I, I think they got unbelievably unlucky not to win that game last week. Like, to me, they dominated yeah. that Bengals team and just didn't win. They had that many chances in the red zone and they just couldn't capitalize. Mm-hmm. They only have 13 points. It was just so, so bad. I, I really, yeah. really... Could have had 24 any other week and this week bad 13. It was, it was yeah. just... Felt like an anomaly that they just couldn't get the points on the board. But I really do think they're going to do a number on this Cardinals team this week. <laughs> I can't argue with that. So we've got Gino. Um, we'll come back and get a line off you at the end. But um, who have you got for running back? Yeah, this was a it was an interesting sort of deep dive I did at uh, running back this week, and I've taken someone who's I've just had a look updated sixteen percent started. So again, I'm taking guys that aren't even really close to that sixty percent line. Like I said, I, w- I want to really help people with with sort of deeper dives, especially with that many yeah. buys this week. Uh, yeah. I really think people are going to be needing guys like this. So that's why I really wanted to start doing this and taking on guys that either people aren't thinking of or, you know, that they, they just haven't realized the sort of the stats they've been doing or putting up and or they've got a good matchup or whatever. So I'm going to take someone that you will know the name of, um, but I just thought I'd sort of earmark him just for anyone who didn't sort of see him play last week. And it's Kareem Hunt uh, up Ooh. against the Colts, so a 23rd against running back. So we actually saw more of an even split between him and Jerome Ford last week. And honestly, the fact that he was able to put up 40-odd yards on the ground and a couple of catches and a touchdown uh, against that Niners defense, to me, really, really bodes well for him moving forward. And like I said, speaking of Ford, uh, the fact that he was able to actually take a lot of the snaps away from Jerome Ford was really, really interesting to me. I will just say, I don't think Jerome Ford's a bad play either, and he's also not highly sort of percentage started. So I think he's another one you could look at. But for this segment, I'm looking more specifically at Kareem Hunt uh, because I think a lot of people will still perceive him as the backup and maybe not play him. But I think you really much can't. You you could definitely play him in this game. And if he's getting an even split of the carries and then probably getting more of the receptions than Jerome Ford, then I think this matchup is very exploitable and they could lead Mm. this game for a long while. So, yeah, I think Kareem Hunt's in a really good position this week. Yeah, it's sort of one that I've been interested in because, um, I mean, they brought him in from not being on the team at all, but they bring him into a team that he's clearly worked with over a couple of seasons. So it's one of those things where you see that happen. You go, so it's just a matter of time, right? It's just a matter of time. And it sounds like maybe time is coming for him, right? I like to see guys that are just getting progressively better. Like, obviously, there were reasons as to why he did barely anything in those first couple of games. Because not only was he just sort of thrown in there, like, basically off the couch, uh, but he obviously he also had really tough situations, like either 
you know, the the quarterback pulling out at the last second and chucking a rookie in there or, you know, just weather being horrendous or, you know, going up against the Niners last week. Like there, there's been sort of reasons as to why he was sort of struggling in the first couple. But to have that game against the Niners was a huge step forward for him, I believe. And I can't imagine why all of a sudden it would go backwards. I honestly only think it's going to go forwards for him. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's in a great situation. I just think they're going to use the running back position a lot. Finally got a matchup yeah. too that's not just absolute ball sack against running back. Yeah. Like 23rd is bottom 10. Uh, yep. That's what you're looking for. Absolutely. So, yeah, again, I just I think I'd honestly him and Ford are fine plays, but Hunt's uh, definitely the one that's less started. So I just thought I would uh, sort of take a shot on him this week. Uh, uh, so wide receiver, 28% started. So still well under that 60% for threshold. Curtis Samuel. Up against the Giants, and hey. you know, it's, for anyone that's just sort of been keeping an eye on this uh, um, Washington team, the guy just gets manufactured targets. Like they, 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 they want this guy involved in the game plan, and um, I, you know, obviously at Carolina he did the same thing. Um, they were they were giving him a lot of rush attempts. He was almost like a mini Debo, uh, but. Then they yeah. brought him over to Washington. He just couldn't stay on the field. He was unhealthy. I think he had groin issues uh, when he yeah. first got there, and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he's healthy now, and I think we're starting to actually see what Washington brought him over for. And like I said, I just trust him probably more than anyone else in that wide receiver core at the moment because of the fact that they're actually running an offense for him. They, you know, That's what you want. You want basically manufactured targets because you know he's going to get them. So... Yeah, I, do, I just trust him a lot in this offense. Um, twenty, you know, Giants are twentieth against the wide receiver position, so very exploitable. Um, I, I just think this guy could either rush in a touchdown or sort of get a short dump off and and get one in the red zone as well. So he's just been easily the most consistent wide receiver the Washington have over the last few weeks. Man, John, I've got McLaurin in a twelve-team league where I don't even start him. <laughs> like I just can't find a way to get him on the field. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Did, if you had a gun to your head today and you had to start McLaurin or Samuel against this um, New York Giants team, is there any reason you'd feel particularly stronger over one than the other? Because, I mean, it sounds wild to think that, fuck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, this Giants defense has been forcing some turnovers recently. So, they've, they've improved. But I think they're still... Able to be exploited. I think this is going to be fine for either receiver. I think either receiver could actually do real well, and especially Daniel Jones is not 100% or not playing. Washington defense could actually stop them more and actually get more turnovers off uh, the Giants, which only leads to more scoring opportunities for the receivers. So potentially that could be in play too. Yeah. It's a really good point. What I'm finding too is because Washington's offensive line is just absolute dog shit platter. Um, yeah. They they are giving up so many sacks, and Hal doesn't have a lot of time. So I actually find that sometimes with say Dodson and McLaurin, they're getting down the field almost too much. And I think Hal looks for guys like Samuel that are a bit closer to the line. So I actually think that could actually happen this week, because you mentioned the Giants are actually getting to the quarterback too. So that could happen again this week. So Hal might need that safety blanket in Samuel more so than his downfield threats. I'm going to be so pissed if the dickhole puts up 21 points this week. Yes. I'm going to be so this mad. This is it. This is the dickhole time, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Can't you feel the plates wobbling, oh, can you? Can. Yeah, 100%. Um, why is Curtis Samuel all of a sudden the thing again? I'm glad I kept him because all of a sudden I'm starting him. <laughs> just a really so handy flex. Scary, oh, Terry. Loose hand. Very fucking scary. All right. <laughs> Logan Thomas, we're writing it in. Yeah. <laughs> How loose is your goose? Uh Let's hope it's not a goose. Uh, I'm going to take on a rookie in Michael Mayer up against Ooh. the Bears, so it's 25th against tight end, who is three, 3% started. So I think I'm breaking records with how low I'm starting to go here. Uh, honestly, nine targets in the last two weeks, only after only having two targets in the first four weeks. I watched that game against the Packers. They were making a concerned effort to get the tight end involved. Uh, it was it was incredibly obvious and it's and it's just honestly hmm. went into last week as well and i just think they're going to keep doing it um obviously okay. they they drafted mayor quite high it was a bit of a surprise even though 
you know, rookie tight ends. We all know the stats that they don't often, you know, sort of break out in year one. But I thought he would have been a little bit more involved, especially because this offense was obviously predicated on Darren Waller for a bit there. Uh, But honestly, we're starting to see it. They obviously realized they needed more in that sort of area. And they've been going to Michael Mayer, like I said, nine targets in the last two weeks. I think that's only going to go up. Uh, obviously, you know, trusting this Raiders offense isn't always the best, but it's not even just the targets. He just looks good when he gets them. Like, he looks to me like the kind of guy that's going to have some yak. He looks like the kind of guy that isn't just going to go down. Like he looks like a, like a big, you know, specimen that could actually just sort of storm through people. So, you know, we've seen Sam Laporta, um, you know, sort of break out with the Lions already as a rookie. I think this guy could actually have a good, like a sort of big few weeks coming up. So I'm going to get in on it now. Good matchup against the Bears, who are 25th against the position. So, yeah, all systems go for my, for uh, John Mayer. John Mayer. <laughs> John Mayer. <laughs> Sit on the bench. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, the Eminem Eminem one. Party is a wonderland. <laughs> Gosh, so Michael Mayer, we, we, we're absolutely looking toward bottom of barrel in terms of ownership there, which is pretty bold. I'm, I'm looking forward to going through these and getting the lines on them. It, it's usually the other way around. It's usually who's the tight end going against the Raiders? It's yeah. not to take the Raiders tight end against yeah. some he, bucket of assholes against tight end. He's awesome in training against his defense. <laughs> Do you yeah, reckon that's it? They've just watched him in training all these weeks. And gone, we should fucking throw him the ball in a game. <laughs> this guy looks like Gronk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like Alan it. Alan Iverson. Alan Iverson's like complete opposite in, in, in terms of tight ends, by the way. Someone who actually practices well. We're talking about practice. Well, I bet you Michael Mayer is carbon practice up. The um the nine targets in the last two weeks is really important because I think uh, tight end targets is is difficult to really um like, it, the position is so low volume that if you can see there's opportunity you don't have to necessarily be the the prettiest girl in the bar. Sometimes you have to be the only girl in the bar to 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 get what you're after there. And um if Mayer's getting targets um at a position where there's just so little joy once you get out of the top six or seven. Uh, mate, why not? Why not? If you're rolling the <laughs> dice on, you might get a 1.2 from Logan Thomas or a four from Tyler Higby. Why not in a situation like this where you've got a team of 21st against tight end and you're seeing a guy whose targets are trending? So, Doctor, that's, I'm loving it. That should be the tagline for this shitty position. Just why not? Like this, just why not? Why yeah, why it doesn't not? take much. Yeah. So just the tight end pocket. Yeah. Tight end pocket. Just – Yeah. Oh. You're pretty much just launching it across the room, going Kobe. You're throwing a yeah. piece of paper towards a wastebasket. Uh, right? It's like the it's like the Griff Whalen play, you know, <laughs> uh, the cold special teams play, which was actually eight years ago today. Um, today, yeah, 18th of October 2015 just came on my Instagram feed. Just wanted to mention it. Tyler just pretty much just like that special teams play. Oh boy. We need to establish some lines here because there, there is a very, very competitive competition between Manjot and I around to try to pick the overs and unders on these. There's one point in it and we are six weeks in. So it is hotly contested. We are also scoring them at an average of about two a week. So we, we're crushing the shit out of this. Gino versus Arizona. Where are you putting the line, Doctor? All right. Like, given the fact that obviously I'm taking on you know, well under the 60% sort of line. I did say that I was going to try and probably drop some of the lines a bit just just because mm. it didn't sort of make sense to have them like, you know, absurdly high or anything like that. And the fact that quarterback scoring's down, um, I will drop just a point off at what I did last week. I'm going to go 15.5. 15.5. Can the doctor entice you into that one, man, against Arizona, 28th against quarterbacks? Uh, you know, yeah. Smith, though. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm just going to go the over. Only yeah, I'm just. going the over. I, that's what I mean. I, I think that I, line's good. I think the line's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was a perfect line. I mean, I I was hating on Gino a bit on Good Agrarian this week, uh, for anyone who hasn't heard it. I'm not, not being impressed with his style of the season. I think he's fallen no. off a bit. So that's why I'm really debating that line. Yeah, that's why I thought Gino was an interesting player to bring up this week. I'm with Just you. One week I'm with you. I don't think he's been great either. And this is yeah. really me trying to call him sort of this is a bit of a get right game for him, I believe. Yeah. 
that's why I had no hesitation taking the over. I'm like, well, he'll score you about 14 any week. So what's 15 and a half against a shy, shy defense? Uh, so I'm a hundred percent there. And I think this is kind of one of those weeks where he could get you a 20. Beautiful. Yeah. Kareem versus Indianapolis. Um, well, I'm going to group the next two together. So I'm going to go 9.5 for both Kareem Hunt and Curtis Samuel. Mm. Now, I you went first on the last one, man, Jod. I'm going to go straight in and say I'm going to take the over on Kareem Hunt versus Indianapolis. Whether that changes I'm what gonna, you do or not. Oh, that this one's actually a tough one, actually. I think nine and a half is a pretty high bar to get over. Yeah, the touchdown, if he gets a touchdown, it's definitely an over. So I'm, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the over. I'm going to hit mm. the over. Yeah, agreeing with you there, Maddie. I wow, think it's just a touchdown. Ride. I think the touchdown. Yeah, but if he doesn't get a touchdown, it's definitely an. Then we're probably fucked. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like I'm just gonna say it's definitely. That's why I was like, re- I'm really debating this one because I'm gonna say over, but it's completely contingent on a touchdown. Like if he gets, if he doesn't get a touchdown, it's definitely the under. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think there's enough. Rushing volume and passing volume to get him there without the touchdown. So it's that's it. Um, I'm 100% throwing my weight behind that. I just don't think Indianapolis can really stop it. Uh, Curtis Samuel versus the New York Giants, Doctor. You've, you've got us both two out of two so far. You've enticed us both times. This is a hat trick. You're on a hat trick. Mantle's got to pick first because I pick first on the running back. And this means I'm picking first on the tight end, which is. Sorry, what was the line again? Great. 9.5. 9.5. Curtis, I'm still hitting the under though. I I, yep. I don't know. I, I don't know about Curtis. I feel like he's just gonna get like a nine. I, I don't know. Something's so I mean, I'm starting him in a league too, so I probably should be saying the over. Uh but for reverse jinxing purposes, maybe it's better if I say under. I don't I don't know. But uh that aside, I think it's just not looking like a good matchup for him. So I'm just gonna hit the under. Like, really unsure about that one. Yeah, and for the same reasons I'm going to take the over, is that I don't really know what's going to happen there, but he's as good a chance as anybody of scoring the, um, you know, well, accumulating just enough to, to score the points. So, I'll take the over and see how we go. That's He's got me on the hat trick. One, two, three. I've got overs so far. Uh, but 9.5, right. that's an enticing line. So, yeah, you, you've got me. All right. So, for John Mayer. Body is a wonderland. Uh, we're gonna go 7.5. Yeah, no, I thought I'm taking the under. Yeah, I thought nine and a half would be too high. I'll definitely take the under. Uh, seven and a half. Well, if he scores a touchdown, it's definitely over then. Um, but even then, that's a touchdown. I that would need like a five yard touchdown essentially. Yeah, I've taken the under. EPR. I'm just straight on the under. Uh, I mean, it's tight end, so it's like, yeah, take the under. But <laughs> seven and a half, seven and a half is actually really low. Uh, when you put it the way I did, like a five yard touchdown mm. is enough. Oh, I'm just gonna edge the over here. I, I, I'm going okay. against my tight end, my oh, tight end roots. I think, I think I like you know, this. set up a contest with Maddie again. Uh, I really just think, yeah, take the over. Uh, only just, though, I think he'll probably get a maximum of nine points. That's about it. So we have agreed on just enough. We've got two which we are both in agreement on, man, job, but then two that we are just completely opposed on. So that, I think that's going to make for some compelling, uh, compelling viewing for us through the week, especially since... Um, you know, it's always fun when you see one go up and one go down on the tight end because uh, tight end is a wild ride no matter <laughs> no matter where you sit. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Well, what do they call them? I, I don't even know. Like those pills like you take, um, like... Viagra? <laughs> <I agree. laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Basically <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember the name, but that is it. Yeah, Big Cock Brock is literally the Viagra, man. Like that. I didn't want to say it too quickly. I'm the one here who's over 40, so it's likely I'm probably the one who knows. So <laughs> I didn't want to dive in this story. Go, oh, you mean Viagra? No, from experience, dude. <laughs> I've got a box right here. <laughs> The last bit of advice you give us every week, Doctor, is the fantasy fade. Um, You had a really good week with that last week with Rashad White. Where are we going to this week? All right, boys, buckle in. Seatbelts on. 
Stack cat on. Meowth got him. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going Ain't after a big I'm going after a big dog this week. Wolf Wolf. Mahomes. I don't want anyone thinking Dr. Goodcall is scared to be looking like a fool. Rashad White seemed like a no-brainer for me last week, but I could hear the whispers. Oh, you're a wanker, Dr. Goodcall. That was too easy. <laughs> Show some balls, Dr. Goodcall. Well, here you go. I'm going after the running back two in fantasy this year. Oh, I'm saying steer clear of Raheem Mostert up against wow. who are fourth against running back. I'm going to give you oh, some stats of every running back one that's gone against uh, Philly this year. Terry Hall, 12 for 39. Kyron Williams, 13 for 53. Brian Robinson, 14 for 45. Rashad White, 14 for 38. Alexander Madison, 8 for 28. And Ramondre Stevenson, and don't give me this bullshit about Ezekiel Elliott being the one, 12 for 25. <laughs> yeah. So the highest number on that page was 53 from Williams. Yeah. And then there's just a bunch of fucking nothing. <laughs> He's the only one that's at four per, like at a yard per carry of four. So basically it's a bucket of dicks the entire the entire season against this Philly uh, defensive line. I believe yeah. they're going to get Carter back this week too. So they should be even better than they were last week against Brees Hall. Brees Hall saved himself in terms of fantasy with that ridiculous touchdown right at the end. Yeah. Uh, but just generally this team just doesn't allow guys to run on them at all. Uh, they're just an unbelievable uh, defensive line, and I know most of it has been amazing. This is why I'm trying to take down a big dog. And, like, sometimes, you know, dumb. these guys that sort of speak to me, like Rashad White last week, it just seems sort of obvious to me. Um, I think there still would have been people, like, with that start to decision. That's why I still think he fit. Yeah, because they just think he would week, volume his way there, right? Yeah, but this week I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try and go after someone who I think 99% of people are starting. And the fact that he's running back two and is absolutely dominated, I think this was my opportunity. You know, I've taken, I took on Justin Jefferson last year and won. So uh, I like to sort of do this occasionally where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go after someone that's really, really high and I could easily look stupid um, because he's the kind of guy that could break out for 30. So, you know, I'm really sort of sticking my neck out there. But, I've given you the reasons why. Um, I think this Philly team is unbelievably hard to run on. I actually think Miami is going to need to do it through the air. And the fact that Philly, I think, will keep up with them, which a lot of teams haven't been doing against Miami, uh, I think that's going to give them opportunity for Tua to actually need to be throwing most of this game instead of just handing off in the second half. So, yep, I, I just think there's an opportunity. You've seen most it struggle in sort of tougher matchups. Like you saw him, I don't have his exact stat line, but against the Bills, he was terrible. Um, I think he might have had less than 10 yards. He was he was really, really bad on the ground. So I'm, I'm thinking there's an opportunity here for me to get in front of this and, and get in front of most it actually having a stinker. He had nine yards against the Bills, seven yep, for there nine. You go. Yeah, from seven. Attempts. I reckon Matty C could get nine yards on seven attempts. What do you reckon, Manchot? Yeah, I'd get down the Manchot sneak easily, man. <laughs> Manchot sneak. <laughs> yeah, only certain select few ACD Gurai people probably like know that reference now. No, you can so. see that man coming from sneak. a mile away. Yeah, it's, it's better than it's better than what um the the tush push or yeah. as as Philly likes to call it the probably shove well they can probably shove this you know these nuts in their mouth by saying <laughs> that but just just one sorry I, I I've been saving that one for like a few weeks I, I have That's to so good. I'm sorry they can probably shove these nuts into my mouth I um I hope that they be shoving your mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. shoving your own nuts. Love a bunch of nuts. No, no, no. These nuts into the yeah, they could you could probably shove these nuts in your mouth. That's that's what I was saying. Sorry. Um uh yeah. Look, Raheem right. Mostert, like they could probably shove Raheem Mostert, you know, into the end zone at some point. Um at this yeah, with with how well he's done all year, but yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough. I, I kind of do agree with the doctor. I'm kind of hoping the Raheem most of downfall, not going to lie. Um, just so I could get a bit of an easier run at him in the trade market. Um, <laughs> but inevitably, someone's going to panic. So, 
I, I might actually buy low on Raheem. Um, and, and that's going to be very controversial for me to say, but I'm, I'm going to buy low on him um, this coming week. Yeah, thanks to if the doctor's advice is right. Yeah, and a good time to do it before he plays New England, whose rushing defense has been balls. Arthur balls. Um, <laughs> and, and just going on with the balls chat since, you know, we were shoving balls and mouths everywhere. Did it, for a while, they meant George actually didn't sound like it mattered whose mouths they were going in, as long as balls were in mouths. <laughs> it was just balls um, flying everywhere. Yeah. Lots of cags. Can, can I just quickly come back to the manjot shove because that the manjot shove the manjot sneak because that happened on the gridiron call on the weekend where uh, we were talking about how you pick up this first down in a specific situation and I said oh I s- certainly you'd go the sneak I'd love to see the manjot sneak happen here and of course they they do it they run the sneak and they get the first down but it was just became this thing that no one was expecting Maddie C to talk about a manjot sneak and the idea of manjot sneaking this one yard. It was, it was going to be a tough oh, one to pick sorry. up, but it just became this thing. And then we were joking about it for most of the afternoon after that was, where do you run the manjot sneak? So, um, yeah, I like that you hadn't encountered it, Taylor, but your reaction was just the same as everybody in the booth when we mentioned it. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> manjot sneak. Yeah, the Eagles coming off a loss. I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be really up for this game. The hard thing is going to be most of, obviously, like you just said, being very efficient in the passing game. So there is a world where he struggles on the ground and still somehow catches two touchdowns and <laughs> makes us look like a terrible call. But I'm following the the analysis and the data that, that's telling me that this Eagles team is really really hard to rush on. If I get it wrong because he snags a couple of receptions, and so be it. But um, that's why I just wanted to you know look for some numbers that says why one of these guys that everyone's starting might have a bad game. So that's the shot I'm taking. Yeah. I mean, he's had 20 targets in the receiving game, caught 18 of them, and has almost 200 yards from it. He'd be happy yeah. with that as a slot receiver over six yeah. weeks, you know, like a part-time slot receiver. Yet then he also gets the the 12 rushes and he does incredible things with that. He's only had one game, I think, where he's, uh, oh, might be two, but it, he's averaging six yards a carry, essentially. You know, that's, yeah. that's pretty much what he's... he's it's absurd. Just, kill, just absolutely killing the league at the moment. So I love this. Hey, Doctor, look, thank you for coming by. We've got uh, just a quick recap on you. You've got Gino... He's going to be up against the Cardinals, and he's going to be our quarterback. Good medicine. Kareem Hunt versus Indianapolis. Uh, Curtis Samuel up against the New York Giants, and Michael Mayer up against the Chicago Bears. They're going to be the good medicine this week, and they're all guys who were started in either. Well, I think our highest starting percentage there was Curtis Samuels in 28%. So, you know, you're going after guys who are uh, definitely going to be available or available to go and get from somebody who might own them. Um, and right down there at the bottom of the barrel is Michael Mayer at 3%. So you can't tell me you're not helping people. Um, but then with Raheem Mostart thing, I think once you break down the yardage totals of players against Philadelphia, it does make a really compelling case to be be very wary about what you expect from Raheem Mostert this week. So the, thank you for sharing all of that with us, mate. No worries, guys. Like I said, always say, I just hope anyone, if, if one person can take uh, what I say in this segment and use it to help them win in their fantasy leagues, and I've done my job and I'll be very happy. So hope anyone out there listening um, uses this stuff. You know, obviously I'm not going to get all of it right, but, I try and use analysis and, and stats and things like that to try and help anyone I can out there with some guys that are iffy starts. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to get here next week and, and go through all the ones that I got right, obviously. Yeah, all five. It'll be fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm expecting, yeah. uh, especially <laughs> since I've, uh, you know, of your good medicine, I've gone and agreed with three, man. Just gone and agreed with three. So, um, you know, we, we've got a lot of faith in you, mate. No worries, guys. Cheers. And um, I hope Taylor's good. I heard um, there might have been a comet or something in his, uh, in his town. <laughs> he made up a town. He just he just came up with a town. Um, yeah. I don't get the comet part of the story. I think no. it's the town that's the BS. No, that sounds really plausible. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You find Manjot at Pastry Press NFL. Get across there too because, I mean, there's a lot happening in Australian Gridiron this week and, and NFL. And, of course, here. So there's, there's always plenty going on over at Pastry Press NFL on the Instagram. I'm at Maddie Podcast. The Doctor, sadly, you can only really get him through at Aussie NFL Fantasy. But I'm sure if you messaged out Taylor Forty One, he'd find a way to get a message to the Doctor. So um, look, feel free to drop messages and um, and also any fantasy advice questions to any of us. You'll even get read on the show. Thank you again, Doctor Manjot. We'll see you tomorrow too for starts of the week. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've kind of been sleeping through this episode. Uh, it sounds like, you know, uh, I totally respect what the doctor's doing out there. Shout out to the doctor. He, he's uh, giving us all these good fantasy pieces of advice. Might use some of them at the start of the week tomorrow. Maybe Ooh. not. Maybe not Curtis Samuel. Maybe not Foreskin. Foreskin everywhere. All right, fellas. Hooroo. We'll see you all tomorrow for the big show of the week. Let's do it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Taylor in the ass cheeks this week in go number two. I've got a feeling that might be a trend that continues most of the year, so here we go. <laughs> it's spiked up harder than Taylor when he sees Chris Olave. Aussie? What's your draft strategy for a punter? Are you going after the shite team that <laughs> can't score? I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> we are yeah. today, Taylor. Where the hell did this guy come from? I mean, as Brad calls him Pokemon dude. NFL? I said that the Jags are being like well slept on in this game. And man, even you right slept on him. Fantasy. You know, if you followed the fantasy fades, you had fantasy yates. And if you followed all the uh, positional stuff, then you had fantasy gonorrhea. This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. Watching that game was like watching a dick sandwich stare at a fucking ass sandwich.